Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Games Are Fun podcast. My name is Stephen Beagle, and I'm going to be your host this week. This week, I'm going to be going alone and discussing the new Pokemon Snap content update that was announced yesterday as time of this recording. We're also going to take a quick little gander and do some complaining about the PS5 and Xbox Series X and S sales soaring despite difficulty still getting them. Plus discuss a little bit of a follow-up to the Blizzard Activision debacle from last week. Now, normally I'm joined by Luke and Adam, where we talk about video game news, trending industry topics, talk about games that we've been playing and enjoying. But, as you can tell, I'm a little bit by myself today, so I'm going to be mulling through the news with you until they return. Now, you can find the podcast on your favorite podcast services like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher, plus many more. All you need to do is just search for Games Are Fun on your podcast platform of choice. While you're at it, take a look for Level Grinders, a monthly podcast where Adam and I discuss some of our favorite RPGs and JRPGs of all time. We just wrapped up a really nice episode uh, a couple weeks back. I definitely challenge you to go take a listen to it. It's a good one. Now, if you're interested and you want to watch the video version of the show, you can head over to YouTube. Check out the show notes for a direct link to our YouTube channel, or you could just go there and search for Games Are Fun Podcast. We are still working on getting that custom URL link for YouTube, so consider heading over there and subscribing. It would be greatly appreciated. Not much way in the housekeeping for this week. Just a reminder that Luke and Adam are on their break. I'll be handling the show until they return. Although I did hear from Luke just yesterday that during his break, he's had some creative inspiration and is coming back with some brand new ideas for us and some direction for the show, which is going to be extremely exciting. And having our fearless leader back is going to be fantastic because this is absolutely terrifying. The other thing that we've got news about is our very own LP Panther, Garrett, is going to be making a return to the show, hopefully. He's expressed some interest about coming back after his break from the show. And let me tell you, Garrett, I'm extremely excited to have you back as well. And Adam, of course, best wishes to you and wifey and your brand new baby, Lucas. So... Let's get into what we're here for, which is the video games. First things first is yesterday at the time of this recording, new Pokemon Snap announced a free content update coming to the game August 3rd, which is pretty awesome. They announced that there's going to be three areas as well as 20 new Pokemon being dropped into the game in just a few days. Now, one thing that I'm really interested about from you because I know that there's a lot of discussion about the cost of the game versus how much you were actually going to get with it and the value in this. So my question to many of you is going to be with this sort of after release support that new Pokemon Snap is getting with the additional air areas and additional Pokemon being added. Is this something that you're going to rethink now? Is maybe new Pokemon Snap a little bit more worth the price tag that it has or... Are you still kind of going to sleep on it because it doesn't seem like it's worth that money? I really want to know that from you. Without further ado, the three areas that are going to be added to the uh, game is going to be one called the Secret Side Path. Uh, in the trailer for this path, they showed a really cool shrinking mechanic for the Neo that you're going to be able to use to go into small areas, or at least in the same areas, but being small, so getting a different angle on things. This to me was probably the most exciting part of the trailer that they showed. One thing that I would love to see, and it's probably pie in the sky, but being able to use that shrink mechanic in other areas of the game, not just what they show. So making it a portion of your tool set 
to possibly access different areas among all islands in the game versus maybe being um, stuck to one section. I would love to see that happen. Uh, from the trailer, it looks like that the shrinking mechanic was being used in Florio Park, the starting area for the base game. Um, so again, like I'm almost guessing that it's probably going to be set to just that section with the shrinking, but I'm kind of hoping that we get something else and someplace else. It'd be really cool to go to the, um, the ice island and be able to use that shrinking mechanic as well, because there are some caves, small little nooks that some Pokemon would come out of. It'd be really interesting to go inside there and get a different perspective on it. The other thing too is maybe getting into the underground a little bit and seeing some of those Pokemon that exist below ground, uh, just as much as what we've got to see the Pokemon that exist underwater and live their lives there. It'd be a very interesting trip to take if that shrinking mechanic is used in that way. One of the other areas that was added into, that's getting added into the game is the Mighty Wide River, uh, which is on the Bella Silva Island. Um, and this is the main river that snakes its way over that island. And the island itself, that one, has a lot of cool areas that you end up going to. There's kind of, sort of a revisit to it midway through the game. Um, and being able to get another perspective on it through this kind of white water rafting ride that we take is pretty exciting. Um, it, in the trailer, it showed this one portion where you're kind of doing a water slide thing with a Psyduck. Um, that is also where they showed one of the new Pokemon that they're adding in, which is a, I'm personally excited about. The Gyarados uh, showed up in the Mighty Wide River scene, um, which is really great. Gyarados is one that I was really hoping to see throughout the uh, base game, but it never showed up. Um, so that's, that's going to be uh, a really cool moment to catch on film when riding the river. Another one of the areas that's getting added in is Barren Badlands, giving us another desert environment to explore on Veluca Island. So we get more maybe the rock type Pokemon, um, and it's the desert area that we have in the base game had some of the best scenes to it because you had instances where the small scorpion Pokemon, and you have to forgive me, names of Pokemon escape me completely, um, but the... Uh, the small scorpion Pokemon getting lifted up by one of the one of the tornadoes and being tossed up into the sky, being one of those scenes. So, like, I'm excited to see what kind of stuff they come up with here. Um, the other thing too is I really liked the desert path in the base game, but there wasn't enough of it. I feel like it didn't have a lot of um, a lot of change depending on what path you ended up taking, and it felt very wide open and um, while lived in around this oasis that you're kind of kind of trucking around um while it felt lived in it just kind of felt very spread out and i'm kind of hoping to get some maybe some tighter spaces and of course catching pictures of some of the new pokemon or new behaviors from pokemon that were in the previous um desert land so barren badlands is the third one now i, I want to talk about this a little bit because back during the e3 prediction prediction episode if you remember one of my predictions was actually to see um, Nintendo dropped some new content for the new Pokemon Snap, some new areas. Um, so what I'm really hoping for, actually, you know what, since I'm running the show, I'm just going to go ahead and say that I get a point for this from our E3 prediction episode, which I think puts me in the lead, or at least tied, with the leader. So since Adam and Luke aren't here to argue that, we're just going to go ahead and make that happen right now, since I'm in charge. 
So GG's to the other competitors, but ultimately I made some good predictions. How about the Pokemon? So the Pokemon, there's 20 new ones being added in. The trailer itself showed, I think about five or six, the most notable being Snorlax, Gyarados, and Mew. Uh, but there's some other ones that were added in there as well. I'm really excited about this because I'm almost guessing that we're probably gonna get one of the, um, the super shiny ones that they gave us at the end of each zone, sort of the boss, the boss Pokemon, right? Um, I think it was the Illumin was the was the name something along those lines but basically they were super powered very large and had basically their own level dedicated to them so i'm really excited to see if maybe they add in another one of those because um, it should be really cool you can get some really good pictures off of them i know i got a bunch of them the other thing too is the shrinking mechanic um what's badoof up to when we're tiny right What's Badoof going to be up to? I think that's the question on everybody's mind. Is if we're in Florio Park during the the shrinking mechanic, what's Badoof going to be up to? Because Badoof was the champion of the base game. So yeah, let me know. Let me know either in the comments over on YouTube or over in our Discord, invite.gg slash games are fun. Let me know what you think about this. If Pokemon Snap, if the new Pokemon Snap is going to be adding in extra content to it periodically, does that change the value of the game for you? Are you going to be willing to spend that money on full price to finally pull this into your library and enjoy taking pictures? Because I think the base game alone was worth it. So I'm anxious to see what you all think based on this addition of content. If you're worried that there wasn't enough there to spend the money on it. Is there now, especially with the prospect of potentially getting even more down the road? So, that wraps that up. Three new areas, 20 new Pokemon, August 3rd. Excited about it. Oh, and I took the lead in the E3 predictions, which is very exciting. Next thing on my agenda to talk about today is going to be, of course, the PS5 and Xbox Series X and S. Um... Recently, this, just this past week, um, and I think maybe the week before that, Sony and Microsoft have announced that these are the fastest-selling and best-selling consoles of any console generation that they've had prior. Which surprises me a lot with what we've been running into with, with availability. Now, for the Xbox Series X, very easily I was able to get my hands on one. At least it felt easy in comparison to the PS5 hunt. Um where in, instead of having a two to three minute window to get over to get a PS5 ordered, I had more of like a 30 minute window to get an Xbox ordered. I was able to get my hands on one pretty easily and not a decision that I regret at all. Um, with the Game Pass uh, for console, it, is, it has been an absolute worth it purchase as a gamer, not only being able to go back and visit um, games from the 360 era, including the Fable series and um, the Saints Row series, but also the idea that with Game Pass, I'm gonna have day and date Halo Infinite to play. 
Um, I got Outriders that same way. And Outriders is a good game. Is it worth the full amount to get Outriders? I say no. It's good, but I don't think it's worth that amount. And being able to go and mess around with that with Game Pass on console has been an absolute delight. And then we have PS5 that sold 10 million units. And it just it boggles my mind that it's like this with the availability that's out there on it. Now, PS5 I've been hunting for months now. I've since given up. Um, it's kind of a, it's kind of a meme in the community on how poorly I've done in trying to get one of these. Um, it's crazy because with the PS5, you basically have this situation where they announce on Twitter that the system is available at such and such store and within minutes they're gone and sold out. It's pretty obnoxious. Now... I'm hoping that this changes. Of course, I think we all are. I think we're all hoping that it changes. Um, but whenever we have a situation where we have like the Steam Deck uh, coming around and the um, the new uh, the new Switch happening, and then of course the ongoing PS5 and and Xbox Series X and S, it's a very crowded uh, market right now for consoles, which means that they just sort of add in to the already existing problem that we have of availability because uh, a lot of these things are using the same type of thing that we need for each of the other ones and there seems to be no end in sight despite sony saying that they're ramping up production we haven't really seen other than maybe a couple extra units being dropped at stores but still we're running into that situation where they're getting snagged up so quick that many people are having difficulty getting their hands on them I, for one, am hoping for a holiday resolution. Um, it's probably pie in the sky, but that's my hope for it. Um, until the basically the way it goes for myself, until this is resolved, I'm going to be sitting back on getting a PS5 <clears throat> and holding off. And this means a lot because it means uh, things like the um, DLC content for Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm not going to be able to get my hands on that anytime soon. Um, we'll just be running into a situation with things like that. Horizon 2 is another one that I've just been greatly anticipating for the PlayStation. Not going to be able to get my hands on that. And I can't, I can't bring myself to play. <clears throat> I can't bring myself to play my PlayStation 4 anymore because it's just kind of a I'm tired of hearing the rocket ship, you know? I'm really tired of hearing the rocket ship every time I turn on, every time I turn on to play the console. So we're in a situation where my PlayStation gaming has gone into a slump, but because of the vast array of games available from Xbox, my Xbox gaming has shot up tremendously. Um, still looking forward to being able to get Battlefield. I've been playing Halo Master Chief and Halo 5. Uh, since those are available, since those Halo games are on, on Game Pass, it's been fantastic. Um, and then you run into the situation with uh, not just the consoles running into their situation, but the whole slew of games that have been delayed so far this year. Um, huge list, just a giant list of games that have been that have been delayed because of COVID. Um, People shifting from working at home to back in office, playing a role, that sort of thing. Um, and our next topic, of course, being Blizzard Activision, you're running into a situation where 
a lot of employees are just getting tired of, of company shenanigans. So it's a, <clears throat> it's quite the, quite the situation in the industry right now in regards to new games and new consoles. Um, it's kind of wacky. It's kind of wacky, especially off of the year that we had last year with it, where um, it was wildly successful for a lot of these brands. And I'll tell you, it gives opportunity for um, gives opportunity for some some companies to really shine, right? Um, I was thinking about this the other day on how Square Enix. And we talk about Square Enix a lot here because me and Adam are huge fanboys of the company. Um, they've really been able to shine during the course of all this stuff because, like, they just they get stuff released to us and it's really good stuff. Um, and even if it's not perfect, like say. You know, for example, your Outriders or something like that, it's still good gaming content. Um, it's just really interesting to see how some people can be uh, kind of above it all and make things happen while others really kind of, you know, take a hit. And some of those big games that we've seen delayed. Um, how about Stray? Just watched this today on stream, the trailer for it, the new trailer for it, uh, where you're a cat adventuring through a world solving puzzles and working with robots to develop relationships and things like that. Um, that's been, it was, it was supposed to arrive this year, but it's been delayed back to 2022. Um, Skatebird has been delayed to September. Uh, Crimson Desert, the spinoff of Black Desert Online being delayed. So you've got a lot of these titles um, that were expected to come out this year now being delayed into next year for one reason or another. Um, and then on top of the console shortages, uh, it's, it's tough. It's a tough, tough market right now. Tough market right now. You know, in the in the same line as the as the Pokemon Snap question that I have for you, I have another one. It's not going to be three questions of the week, so you don't have to worry about answering every single one of these for us to read on next episode. We will have a designated question of the week, of course. Um, but just just to hear your thoughts on these things, whenever it comes to this console shortage and and game delays that are happening, has there any has there been anything this year that released this year? that you think could pull down game of the year so far. I've made a, my opinion known on this, considering the fact that releases have been so few and far between for the year, that really the only one that's competing for my personal top 10 at number one spot is at this point, the Legendary Edition Mass Effect. Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Like that's the one right now that's competing for my personal top 10, number one on my personal top 10 list. And these are games that, rele that were released over a decade ago, um, kind of taking the top spot just because we haven't had anything new and exhilarating come out just yet. Um, it's remasters. Final Fantasy Pixel remaster. Playing the first one again has been absolutely amazing. And I'll get into that a little bit more toward the end of the show here whenever I'm talking about what I've been playing, but... 
remasters are having more of a positive impact on me than any of the new releases that have been made so far this year. Uh, Pokemon Snap, I mentioned before, it's it's in the top running as well. It's a fantastic game. That's like, you know, whenever you whenever you think Pokemon Snap, you're not thinking game of the year contender, but with what we've had so far, with what I've had in my personal library so far, and the, what I enjoy, there's not much out there that that's been grabbing me. Because um, Outriders is eh, you know, um, the new Dungeons and Dragons game. Eh, not a top fiver, but it's it's good, right? Again, another one of those ones I was glad I had Game Pass for. Um, and that's Dark Alliance, by the way. Like what what's out there? What do you what has come out this year for you? Whether it's on the PS5 or the Xbox or PC, what have you gotten so far that is gripping enough to say this is my game of the year? I want to know that. Again, let me know in the Discord or let me know in those YouTube comments. I'd be interested to know. Be interested to know. So, that brings us to our last topic, which is a little bit of a follow-up from last week with the uh, Blizzard Activision chicanery. Um, since that episode, the execs have sent out more response, I guess you could say. Um, very often, or rather they, they sent out these, they sent out these new letters, right? And not being happy with the response that the execs have given, again, kind of showing that disconnection between them and their employees, a lot of the employees in response have uh, done a walkout, a strike of sorts. One of the first times I've ever seen a, a walkout occur, not based off of, not wholly based off of the pay of that workforce, right? A lot of times whenever I was seeing strikes growing up, it's always been about money. In this case, there is some money involved more in the ways of um, equality in pay, but that's only one of the things that they're seeking right now. Because of course, the major factor that's going into this walkout is the treatment of employees, specifically women employees within the workplace. Um, and again, the it seems like the execs did not address what the employees were looking for. And I mentioned this last time, last week on the show, that it's extremely important for them to just stop and shut up and stop trying to get ahead of the get ahead of the problem whatever it is and just listen at this point like just stop and listen because all they're doing whenever they do these responses these corporate letters these memos is it's sort of this what they think right what they think should fix the problem and that's not what this situation is. This isn't a situation where what they think is the solution. It's definitely not. This is a situation where it's what the employees are telling you, what the employees are saying, their concerns, their stories. It's time to sit and listen, you know? And here's the thing, like, the, the stockholders, the shareholders, the ones who we know really kind of drive these businesses, 
they should take a look at the situation and say, you know what? They're affecting the productivity of the company that I hold stake in by not listening. Not that the employees are. Like this is a, this is a, a nuanced situation. It's simple in my eyes. It re it's really simple in my eyes. As an entrepreneur and business owner myself, if I had employees, because I'm a sole proprietorship, if I had employees working at my, in my business, my first response to this, my first response to this, and even whenever I was a manager back in my retail days, my first response to a situation that, that comes up is not me writing a memo to get ahead of things. <clears throat> it's me listening to those affected by the situation because that's where the solution lies. You haven't had, a leader hasn't had a solution in this, in this case for years, decades, right? There's been no solution that has ever come from a leader within this company over the course of this entire thing. They've always done what they think is the solution, but never what the actual solution is. And in these cases where you have something that affects people so individually, but across multiple of those individuals, it's going to be them that you have to listen to for the solution. The ones that have been affected, the ones that have seen their friends and coworkers be affected by this. So it's another one of those things, like I mentioned, is just shut up, execs. Like, shut your mouth, stop your memos, and get together with your people and listen to them. Or else you're going to keep having this situation where they're going to drop a memo, the execs are. And then those who want to see a change are going to come back around and they're going to be like, you didn't, you didn't address anything that we were hoping you, you would. Just like we had in this, in this follow-up here. Now, luckily, they're at least getting to the point where they acknowledge that their official statements were a little lacking. But they're still in this whole thing where they're not truly taking on... They're not tr truly taking on the, uh, the situation. I hope they do. Um, I hope they do. They said, my, my faith in Blizzard has, has plummeted. My faith in Activision has plummeted uh, to the point where whenever I was looking at them on my desktop, the games made me sick. And we're talking childhood favorites, StarCraft and stuff like that. We've got Diablo, the Diablo 2 remaster coming up, the Resurrected, and Diablo 2 Resurrected was one that I was really, really looking forward to. Uh, I was in a stream yesterday, and the question was asked, when's it coming out? And I just have no desire to get that game anymore. Um, not until, not until I see something, you know? The really nice thing too is that there's been a really big show of camaraderie around the industry, including um, <clears throat> including Ubisoft employees uh, sounding off in support. Uh, all across Twitter, the day of the walkout, there's a lot of support going for the employees who are doing the walkout. Um, so incredible solidarity around those affected. <clears throat> so good. That's the good, that's the warm feely part of this is, is seeing that sort of rise up. Now, again, this is another thing that um, just like our, our two previous topics, what are you thinking on this? What are, what are you thinking on this? What do you, again, I, I've mentioned before, us postulating what the solution is going to be to this situation 
we can't really say, right? Unless you work for Blizzard, unless you've been a part of that situation, you've seen your friends and coworkers go through it, or even you as an employee someplace else in another industry that we know is just rot with these problems. When you see these things come, come around, what can be done to fix it? What can be done to adjust it? Is it harsher penalties on those who do the things that we all hate? Is it some sort of penalty on the executives in their ignorance on these situations? What, what do you consider to be the, the solution? We know the solution to the problems that everybody's trying to address right now, the equal pay, uh, the equality in pay, um, you know, the better working conditions, hold, at least holding somebody accountable whenever they take part in these, in these behaviors. What, what do you see as a solution there? Let me know in the comments on YouTube or in our Discord. Let me know what you're thinking with it because I'm very interested to know. So that means I want to know about if you're seeing value in Pokemon Snap with the after-release support that we've gotten now. I want to know what you've been playing despite the shortages in consoles and the pushbacks of release dates. What do you play in that's kind of grabbing you as a game of the year so far this year, despite not having a whole lot new hit the shelves? And of course, what do you think about this Activision Blizzard situation? Um, account all opinions is valid. Some opinions may not be the right ones, if you catch my tone on some of these things, but I do consider opinions valid. I would love to hear what you've got going on. Um, in your mind in regards to Blizzard Activision and their antics and what you think may be a solution going forward. And the other thing too that I would like to offer up is an opportunity to um, let us know what we as a Games Are Fun podcast cast crew can do to sort of help this situation. Other than being a reverb because uh, us three as co-hosts, as hosts of the show, we do consider ourselves um, within kind of that ally tag, listening to those who, um, listening and reverbing the concerns and things of those marginalized groups. We want to know if there's anything that we can do to continue to help out with these situations. So those are the topics for this week. Those are the topics for this week. And like I said, I want to know what your thoughts are on some of these things. So make sure to leave them in the comments. Which brings us toward the end here. I've been a talking head for, my timer says, about 30 minutes. I miss the guys. I miss the banter. Just kind of rolling through this, you know, makes it seem like a new show more than anything. Plus, my goodness, my voice. My voice. Now, that brings us to the last part of the show, what I've been playing. Uh, the usual, some New World, some Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, doing a little bit of Halo 5 and Master Chief multiplayer uh, peppered in there as well. Uh, nothing has changed since last week, on my opinion, on New World. I think it's an amazing game. Uh, the fact that I have 109 hours between the preview and the beta on characters that I've never been able to keep... Uh, is kind of a testament in and of itself. I even have more hours in New World now on on uh, than what I do for No Man's Sky on PC. 
Now, I was letting chat know this morning. Now, if you if you're to group in all the hours that I have on the PS4 for No Man's Sky and on Xbox, well, there's no competition. But at least on the PC side of things, I have more hours in New World than I do on No Man's Sky on PC, which is pretty bonkers. So good. So, so good. Final Fantasy fourteen, the usual stuff. Just been doing some end game grinding, leveling up some characters, uh, or rather some classes. I started healing uh, this week as well uh, with the Astrologian, uh, which I've renamed to Stargopper, thanks to the Pirates of Limza Laminza. Um, it is stressful. Anybody who mains healing, like big props. I've always said this before, treat your healers right. Um, because, oh my goodness, the work that goes into keeping a party alive is just incredible. It, it takes a lot of focus on my end to do it. Um, so big props to our healers out there. Uh, other than that, we had the Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster uh, halfway release where we got Final Fantasy 1, 2, and 3 released to Steam and mobile. I got the Steam version. I pre-ordered it whenever it was announced. Caught it on that sweet, sweet sale. Um, and so far through the, I think I'm about two and a half hours into the game of Final Fantasy 1, totally worth it. Totally worth it. Um, I know that there's this whole thing around the font, which I think is just absolutely silly, but there's ways to fix it, of course. It's already out as one of the first uh, mod packages that was released is a fix on the font. Uh, so it's out there. Have at it, folks. I didn't care about the font. I did not care. It's like the smallest portion of the game. Do not care because everything else about the remaster so far has been glorious, especially the music. Everybody is talking about the music remastered. It sounds so good. Uh, it's such a delight. It's so nostalgic, too. Now, Final Fantasy 1 is one that I have not completed myself. Uh, did not make it very far in the last time that I tried to play it on emulator because it was just a very slow, wonky game. Um, a lot of quality of life changes has come along with Pixel Remaster, including sprints, um, you know, map adjustments, big maps to be able to access and see where you're going. Um, the music, the graphics, everything just looks fantastic in it. And it has me really excited to get into two and three and continue on through the series. And seeing as one through three are the only three games in the main series that I haven't spent time playing other than Final Fantasy 13, um, it's going to be really nice adding their lore into my into my headspace, especially for my, my TikTok. So it's going to be fantastic. Um, and so far, it's been going pretty well. I kind of I kind of suck at Final Fantasy One. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I ended up wiping the first party that I made, so I got this situation where it kind of starts out kind of fast. Like what you're up to, you enter the first city, and they're like, "Listen, we need you to go. We need you to go up to this place, face this big bad guy who kidnapped the princess. You need to you need to do that." It's like, okay, that's my quest. I'm gonna go do it. Now, having done no grinding and not understanding that you actually have to purchase spells for your, your casters, mixed in with the fact that I took no curative potions or anything with me. It was a total noob move for this game. It was so bad. I go rolling up to this first dungeon. So I, I, go, I go rolling up to this first dungeon and... I'm completely unprepared. It goes okay for like the first two battles and then the third one hits and it's like against zombies or something like that. 
they lay waste to my entire team except for one person. I get out of there. I go back to the, down to town. I'm like, man, I should really, I should have probably bought some, some potions and Phoenix Downs. I go to the item shop. Phoenix Downs are 500 gil a piece. And I'm just like, well, I've got to farm 1500 gil to revive my three party members. And grinding in that first area, there's not a whole lot of gil to be getting. With one person, mind you. And my team of four, only one was alive. So I had to restart. I basically restarted, began a new playthrough, had a little bit more insight into the difficulty level of the game and what it was. And so far, that's been going much better. I still don't grind enough. Um, I've been watching Father Bacon over on Twitch.tv. Um, and I would call him among uh, an expert Final Fantasy One player. He's been playing. He played Final Fantasy One as a kid. Played a lot of it. Um, good fond memories surrounding the game. Been watching him go through it, and it's been very insightful on how I should be handling myself. I need to be doing more grinding um, for Gil and levels, just to kind of ease up the difficulty of the game a little bit. So that's what I'm going to be up to a little bit this weekend, continuing on my playthrough with that. And I'm really excited. I I. What it was is I was getting into Final Fantasy 1 and I had this desire to get into 2 and 3 as well. Like, I want to get to those games as quickly as possible. So I'm like, I, I just tried to jump right into it and go for it and that did not work out very well. So take your time at the beginning. Do some grinding, get some extra gill, buy items. They're actually useful in this Final Fantasy game. Um, it's a really cool feel whenever it comes to this. It's a challenging game. Not gonna lie, one of the most challenging Final Fantasy games that I've played. Um, just because of this aspect that what you have in your inventory counts. Like, it counts. A lot of times in Final Fantasy games, especially later ones, as soon as you get the cure spell, you don't need items anymore. Like, you're pretty much done. You don't really even need them. Uh, you don't gain all your HP back on a level. Like, so if you're, if you're critical and you gain a level, you're, you're still going to be critical. So it's these little things that kind of add a little bit challenge to the game. And... It's been a really good time. Add in all the remastered music, all the quality of life changes. Um, You'll get a big recommend from me on the Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster. And the one thing that I mentioned in Discord about this is it's really created this need almost to get a Steam Deck. Um, because right now I've got to play it on PC. It would be super nice to be able to have a Steam Deck and just go and chill and play on the couch. So I'm going to be considering that. And it may be one of these situations where I'm going to say, okay, I'm just going to get a Steam Deck, forget the PS5. Like it's in this sort of, it's kind of in this sort of head discussion of mine right now is, do I just completely forgo the PS5 at this point? Forget about it for this console generation. Leave it up to Palooza and leave it up to Luke and I'll take care of the Xbox and, and have Steam Deck to go along with them. It's, we're in consideration for this right now. Just because of Pixel Remaster. And apparently, uh, this was mentioned in the Discord as well. Uh, so big shout outs to, um, let me pull it up here a second. Let me pull this up. Uh, James Halliday, BLP Entertainment. let us know that there's no controller support 
for Pixel Remaster on mobile, which is wild. I was really thinking that this is just a wild thing because you've got controllers out there to be able to play games on your phone. There's almost, it's almost as if there was this conscious effort to sell Steam Decks by doing stuff like this. It's wild. It is wild. But big recommends. Big recommends for the Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster. Um, this just gets me really excited for the last three, four, five, and six, uh, because if they do, if they do half the stuff that they did for for one so far, uh, we're in for a real treat with those masterpieces, and I will 100% play them all over again. Well, that's what I've been playing, and we hit all the topics. Game of the or the question of the week is going to maintain from the one. Uh, that we've had the past two weeks because we keep forgetting to post it up in the Discord. <laughs> so we're going to run it into next week as well. When it comes to the Steam Deck, and then you also have the new Nintendo Switch coming out, are you going to be getting the Switch, the Steam Deck, or are you going to get them both? We want to know what you're thinking. And among the other questions that I asked throughout the show, of course, you can leave them in the comments over at YouTube or come on over to the Discord, invite.gg slash gamesarefun. And let us know. And let us know. I'm very interested to know. That brings everything to a close. Of course, I am Stephen Beagle, also known as Lordly King Esan, over on Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And I've been your host for the day. I hope to see you here next week. And man, are you with me? Are you open? Are you open? Are you open that Luke or Adam come back? I am. I am. My voice is tired. I can't talk this much. I can't talk this much. I need them back. Please listen to my raspy voice. I'm suffering. Luke. Adam. Adam.